Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to my good bad brain. I'm a normal person, so I'm insane. I've got depression and ADHD, but I'm doing better since I medicated me. I'm still not always sure whether I exist or what being a person even really is. But I figured out a long time ago that being alive is. Hello, I'm. It's me. It's Jared. I'm the one with the good bad brain. I mean, we all. I guess we all have those. Um, just chilling. A uh, little late on this app, you know. That's how it goes. Been kind of swamped with some projects. And yesterday's sort of last minute, I asked uh, my friend to do a conversation with me, my friend Coda, who is my good friend in real life. Um, I mean, I'm friends with everybody on this thing, I guess, in real life. But Coda's somebody I actually like see a lot. I talk about that. I'm not going to make this intro too long because I kind of do an intro while I'm with him uh, and I'm just going to let it be that. Um, The only thing we don't mention that I wanted to mention here, I forgot, was like Coda is the one who made the theme song with me. I had this idea for like a tune and some lyrics and he's the one who made it into an actual song. So thank you, Coda, for that. Uh, he makes music and is just a beautiful soul. He's like a real artist who's been through some stuff and uh, continues just getting through in beautiful ways. And I, he's like just my dear, dear friend. He's like practically family. And uh, we talk about, um, man, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. This one has a lot to do with like sort of societal influence and over our well-being. Um, and basically the importance of listening to those who are hurting. And, uh, you know, this idea that maybe maybe those of us who are more sensitive and, and feeling a lot about how fucked up things seem to be, um, maybe we're not always the ones who are wrong. Maybe there's some stuff that's wrong in the universe. And uh, either way that it just it seems important to listen to those who are uh, hurting and not like put all of the burden on them like they're so fucked up and they should just fix it on their own. Um, well, I'm just going to stop now and we'll do the, the, we'll get into it. Um, thank you so much for listening, uh, and supporting. If you support us on Patreon, that's so fucking huge. Um, uh, it really is just like makes this thing possible. And also if you can't do that and don't feel like doing that or whatever, but you feel like I want to support the podcast in another way, please do consider, um, you know, giving us five star review on iTunes. Uh, it's really helpful with like, you know charting or whatever and seeming cool and popular and algorithms, I guess. I don't know. Uh, it just feels nice. It's nice. Uh, 
All right, that's it. I'm going to get into the uh, interview now with my dear, dear, dear friend, the uh, absolutely wonderful Coda. Bye. Don't feel weird. Now we're recording. Hi, everybody. Oh, wow. my God. Oh, my God. So uh, I might not do an, inter- an intro, a solo intro to this. Usually I have like a solo intro, but... This one feels more like a, a hybrid between my solo apps and not because it was so like spur of the moment. I'm joined by Coda today. Thank you, Hello. Coda. Um, I still call you Coda all the time. I, that's fine. That's what that's what like my mom calls me. So really, yeah. Do people know is your real name like public? Oh yeah, yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. some okay. people, you know, some people they've Jordan. Yeah, like they're being like clever or something. They're like, oh, Jordan. Like I know, which is so. I mean, when I say some people, it's like five people on YouTube. Who are like, they yeah. know your real name. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, Coda's my really good friend. So this is following, I mean, I guess most of the people on this podcast, I'm like pretty good friends with or friends, friend. I mean, I've known everybody personally prior to them being guests so far, but you are, you've joined like Miles as like, and a few other people who are like people I see like almost every day or multiple times a week. Yeah. Regularly. So thank you for doing this. But um, cutting to the chase a little bit, I guess I was like, Basically, I was shooting all last week and doing all this project stuff that's been um, great, like fun, worky stuff, but directing, but made it hard to schedule interviews with people. So I've been doing these solo apps and I was just going to do another one today until um, I have some people I'm going to record this week interviews with. But last minute, I was like, it would be nice to do an interview again. And you posted something online today that I'm just going to read because it was... <laughs> I'm, I he, I'm sorry, I'm really rehashing this story for you in the room. It's awkward. But... Um, because it impacted me and it was on the heels of some other stuff going on in my life. And it seemed like such a fucking good subject to talk about for today's podcast. Uh, you, you released a new song today. Good song, by the way. Thank Coda's you. Coda's a musician. Very good musician. I was in one of your music videos. Very honored to be at the music video. Jared was the star of Curse. <laughs> of Curse. Um, I actually didn't get to listen to this song yet today because I listened to it in the video. It's but trash. It's trash. I But I didn't want to... I have a weird thing where like I want to listen to it on good sound. And my car got broken into. And like the only thing they took was my like $30 uh, Bluetooth speaker. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> so weird. Not the Punisher comics? Uh, no, the Punisher comics were left. It was they that morning, left. though. It was the next morning. Coda gave me a bunch of Punisher comics. It's sad. Um, They're not mine. They Coda? were just here at the they house. They were here. Well, you, they were like, they were common law comics. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they lived with you long enough that you are now joined. Uh, Coda wrote, the burden to get well should not be placed entirely on those who suffer. There's a universal thread that ails all of us, unwittingly or not. Listen to the people who are hurting, who struggle to get out of bed, who are haunted, which I think is true. And in the context of that, I'll just say for me, Wyatt, like part of Wyatt meant a lot to me was uh, was a few things. I had an argument with um, my girlfriend about something. Basically, something had uh, hurt her feelings and my immediate, and I was kind of part of it, and my uh, immediate instinct was to explain how her feelings were wrong, basically, was to explain how she just misunderstood the context of what happened. And that uh, if she did, if she just understood that, then those feelings wouldn't hurt. And um, as we got deeper into this silly argument, it's not silly, I guess, because it was hurtful. Um, I basically, she communicated, it wasn't even hurtful that I was part of something hurtful. It was that like, when she said it was hurtful, 
I was like, I didn't believe her and I wouldn't listen. And I was reflecting on that a lot. Like that got through to me and she was like, and that's commonly what happens between us. And there's a lot of other aspects that I'm starting to understand why I react this way from like old childhood wounds of defensiveness where you can never be wrong to ADHD things of like reaction to reactions of symptoms. It's a common ADHD thing I learned in relationship. But that fundamental idea, something I glibly have said on this podcast a lot, like as if it's the most obvious thing in the world in a political context, like just listen to people, like just listen to what they want. It's not hard to not hurt people's feelings. Like, um, like with a pronoun preference or something like that with gender identity, like that even being an issue. I'm always glibly like, what the fuck is wrong with people? You can't just listen, just listen to what people want and try to not be an asshole. And it was amazing to have that turned on me and go like, oh, fuck, like the person closest to me who I would think that I love the most, that I'm most patient, most trying with, I'm not doing it. And uh, I'll stop monologuing this intro pretty soon. But like I read what you wrote about we should listen to the people who are hurting at the same time or right after I read this article in The Guardian that's from like the spring, but the way the internet works, like it came on my Facebook feed somehow and I went and read it about by this woman who grew up in America uh, in something that sounded like kind of rural and uh, uh, white. And she had moved to Turkey when she was 30 as a writer. And like this, basically realizing the falsehood of American innocence, like looking at like how it looks in the rest of the world and only from a position of extreme like privilege and power. Can you like think of yourself as like, Oh, we're always the heroes of the story that we are the end of civilization that we have figured it all out. And then some of these other places in the world that like living there, it would like recontextualize stuff for her. And, uh, and so I was thinking about that and thinking about like how then immediately in my life, the like deep seated thread of like white supremacy, white male supremacy, and I'm the hero and I'm trying to be a good person. So that means I'm a good person all the time results in this thing of like, somebody tells you that you hurt them or that you're part of something hurtful who you care about. And instead of your reaction being listen and like register what they say, it was to like explain how they were wrong. Like they were, no, 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 no. If you just understand this, then it'll be fine. And how that truly like immediately translates to what you put up about like, listen to the people who are hurting, like how much our society, uh, I think you said like puts the burden of healing on the hurt person and doesn't recognize like maybe there's something wrong with the system or the universe or something. Um, I don't know. I interpret it a way you said it as like almost like, or maybe I just had this thought now. I don't know. Maybe people who are hurting really bad, can't get out of bed. Maybe instead of thinking like, Oh, there's something fucking wrong with them like that they can't keep up with the rest of the reality. Like maybe we should treat them more like canaries in a coal mine and be like, Hey, something is wrong with this. If people are like, can't even live, you know? Right. Exactly. I mean, that's kind of what I was hinting at. And also like going back to the thing about, um, you know, that argument and just, it's not, it's not like, it's a very like human reaction to be like, um, to want to have a dialogue about something. Like when somebody comes to you with something, somebody comes to you and they're like, you know, I'm hurting and here's why. Like normal interactions between people are like a conversation. So like, of course you would want to add context right. to the situation, like from your perspective. That's like a normal thing, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But 
oftentimes it's not a conversation. Like, I think that's the thing. I think you feel like it's a conversation. What I, um, what I realize is like paying attention to where, um, where's my priority lie in the response to somebody saying I'm hurt. And especially if they say, and you hurt me is like, is my priority in contextualizing things so you understand that actually you shouldn't be hurt or is my priority in like comforting you first <laughs> and we ended it as as we dialogued as I like was realizing what was going on she she was like maybe the principle in the future could be like CQL um comfort query listen <laughs> and I was like that's pretty fucking useful like, that's really good yeah. prioritizing in that in that way is like maybe if somebody tells you you're hurt, they're hurt or hurting like first comfort let's make that the first priority just being like uh, triage right like let's instead of like immediately going to here's why that doesn't make sense and blah 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 and I'm wrong it's like and I'm not wrong I can't be wrong because I was trying let's just comfort somebody who's hurting and like actually give a shit and then like asking questions and then actually listening and then maybe somewhere down the line would come contextualizing and mutual understanding right yeah but like as a society I don't know. As a society, that's like, well, cause then we, and then I, I cut us off when we were talking before to get onto this thing. And, and I don't want to like lose that. Cause I, uh, cause I think about all the time, what were you saying right before? It was like, just about that, like putting the burden on the hurt. Yeah. About like, oh, cause we were saying how scary it is to put anything out in the universe. Because you're like, will that be the thing that somebody remembers that like makes them kill themselves or yeah. something like that? And and my immediate response was like, well, yeah, at some ultimately on some level, uh, ultimately that can't be the responsibility of anybody but the person who does the wounding of themselves, the harming. That was my response. And like, like we agree as a society, like if somebody goes out and kills someone else no matter how bad their life was, whatever drove them to do it, ultimately the responsibility lies with them when they cross that threshold and we go like, okay, well, that's not okay. Unless they're children. But um, I thought that was interesting. I I feel like I'm constantly writing that line, both in giving advice and and also with myself, of like constantly writing that line of taking responsibility without blaming victims, you know? Right. And I don't know, what do you think? I don't know, what do you think about that? Like where... Where do we go? Like I, cause I don't want to, I'm never interested in saying like, just fucking suck it up, you know, like fucking deal with it. Right. You're whatever bullshit doesn't, nobody fucking cares. Cause that's like, I don't believe in that stuff. Even if I use that language with myself sometimes in sort of like almost a charactery way, like self-talking to get through workouts or something like that. Like, I don't believe that for other people. I, I do believe people care and I don't believe the answer is just suck it up. I think you have to pay attention to what hurts and try to like figure out why and try to fix it not just play through it, but like also I want to empower people to like realize that they do, they have the tools to fix themselves or heal themselves, not just go, Oh, that's just how it is. You've been victimized. Things happen to you and it sucks. And yeah, you know what I mean? Well, it's really scary too, to think that like people who would want to harm themselves uh, could be right about things that Uh, things are like so bad that you would want to hurt yourself. Right. Like that just seems it, it, it's such, it's such like a scary thing for the majority of people. You know, it's like, 
it's like your partner coming to you and saying like, oh, the thing you said to me last night, like really, really hurt me, you know? Yeah. It's like the same thing. Um, oh, that's really interesting. And so it's like, I don't know. It's just a, we- it's just a weird thought. I-, I-, I struggle with this all the time where I'm like, yeah, I have all these like really negative thoughts about uh, certain like systems that like, govern the way we live and like certain like societal norms that we have and like just all of this like wrongdoing and suffering in mm. the world and uh I like dwell on that a lot and then at the same time I am like well yeah I should like seek help and like work out all this like internal shit and like take medication that kind of like levels me out so I'm not like dwelling on all the evil in the world but like that doesn't make it go away like there is so much burden placed on like sad or lonely or depressed people of like like it's all on you to get better and yeah. there's rarely any like reflection about cuz that's scary that's like scary to think that like everything around us could actually be making like the suicide rate go up you yeah. know and right. yeah it is happening it can't all just be like I mean, maybe, I guess it could be, it could be like some chemical thing that's happening because of like the food that we eat or whatever that's like causing more people to have. But like at the same time, it's like there are horrible things happening all over the world. I mean, I know people like cite uh, uh, like the 24 hour news cycle and and all these things. And like, yes, like overall, like violence is going down. There's less conflict and whatever. More literacy, more like healthcare, more, more food. I mean, that stuff's all better. Yeah. Like a lot of things are getting better. Um, but a lot of things are like getting so much worse in like ways that Mm. we don't even know how to like fully like quantify or understand. Right. And I feel like the people who, uh, suffer um, from all sorts of mental feel it. ailments. Or they feel it. Yeah. They they like know right that shit is fucked up. You know to you know what's put it so clearly is that's being, um I, yeah I, I repeat this a lot on this podcast and I'll repeat it again. But just like this idea that felt so radical to me that like feelings are valid. Like feelings can never be invalid. Like your response to your feelings can be maybe invalid or you can like adjust, like maybe you're reacting the wrong way to something or like you're excusing, you can't like excuse any behavior because you felt a way or whatever. Right. But so much of the mental health debate is like framed around like invalidating those feelings or at least in like the the general, like, like I don't, I don't think like mental health professionals yes. are saying that but like yes. the broader like cultural thing it's like i don't know it's it's almost like a weird way to like sweep it under the rug it's yes. like oh we figured out that like we can just like call people up and like tell them that we love them and like put them on medication and send them to a therapist and they can work out all these personal problems and then we can continue to like just do all this other fucked up shit and like continue to like push like, right. like just vapid, like rampant consumerism and like right. ads down your fucking throat 24 seven. And like, yeah, dude, I think know. this is true. Also you're saying is true politically in this, in like political, um, I guess like discourse in the sense of like cultural political discourse, like political correctness or something, I guess. And this, in the sense of like, I think it's a, a problem. I feel like I see a lot in, 
on like, it's like, I mean, woke is like a term that's gone up, like fake woke, like yeah. where you don't, where you learn the language that you're supposed to use now, but then like male feminist kind of vibes of like, you learn the language you're supposed to use, but it's like, you don't actually reflect on like, like, I guess, oof, sorry, what I, what I was thinking about today, like, where does like a mix of whatever German type A, like fascist, like stoicism from my mom and general American exceptionalism and like white males, heteronormative supremacy, all these things like mix into like how I react in interpersonal relationships where I'm like, I can't be wrong, you right. know? And um, xenophobia or like just any kind of, like there's, racism is like, part of our culture. It's also part of, I think our limbic system to a certain degree of like, if you're some of your experiences, if you haven't been around people that are different from you much in your life, it's like understandable that you would have some limbic response that is like concerned or heightened or different when you're around people who are different than you. If you don't acknowledge that and like deal with that and just like to say things like, I don't see color or like, Oh, I, everyone's which just is equal insane. to me, which is right. insane. Yeah. Then it doesn't matter how woke your like languages or whatever, or how like y- it doesn't, it's not fucking help. You're perpetuating the problem on some level. Yeah. And I think like this, I, to me, I'm bringing that up as like in response, I, I, I think that's part of these larger social norms that like, as I think, yes, as depression and things like that, it's interesting because on this podcast, I've become such a proponent because of my personal experiences with medication that I'm like, as an option, like to try that appropriate medication I see now can be very helpful. Right. But we both have experienced plenty of people around us and in ourselves, I think we're like improper medication or over medication with no reflection and no personal work, no exercise or looking at your diet and other inputs that make up all the chemicals in your brain, your relationships and your relationship patterns and what you do. And I think most importantly, like just your fucking wounds that you are still acting in service of, like your deep childhood wounds that like kind of dictate everything fucked up you do. Oh, yeah. That like if you're not doing any of that, then you are just numb. I mean, this is my problem with like talking to certain political political opinions, right? If I If like somebody has like any kind of right in the current incarnation of this country, like conservative opinions. Yeah. I feel like there's no real conversation to be had about like political theory. Cause it's so obviously rooted in like wounds, like personal wounds Yeah, that like you want to just sit down and talk to them. I mean, you don't want to, but you know what I mean? Like that's the, yeah. that's like, <laughs> I feel like don't I don't have fucking to. time for that shit. Yeah. Which is again, in counter this thing of like, if somebody's fucked up, like art, we say it's incumbent on them to fix it. Um, frankly, the problem of male toxicity and like, to, you know, in the, in this country is a problem that men have to work out for themselves. Like, but if we do, I don't know, that's, I think about that all the time. Like if you do just leave it to themselves to work it out, like everyone, they're going to kill everybody before like they do. Yeah. And so it's like, on the one hand, it's like, it's not our problem. It shouldn't be the problem of other people to work on yeah. my toxicity, but like looking at what other white men do and are capable of, you're like, mm. unless society tries to help figure it out and understand them and, and let them know like they can be better. Right. Like they're going to kill everybody. Yeah. So you're like, 
weigh these things of like, yeah, in terms of justice, like prodigal son ideas here, basically. Right. Like, no, they don't deserve to be helped. Like they're a dangerous drain on everybody around them. Yeah. But like, they'll kill everybody if we don't. So what do you do with that? Right. And that, and that's also like, I mean, that kind of like, I think speaks volumes about myself, you know, to struggle I or just like everyone I guess to like struggle with that level of like uh empathy right for like people that are so toxic well, when, we were just like talking I'm basically about like demanding it you know for myself or for people like me you know yeah and, and then but I'm we just were, like we were talking this right before because we play these we do these characters all the time with each other yeah like I do them with my girlfriend I do them with you I do we do them these horrible characters we do them a lot when we're video gaming especially yeah Coda's by the way like very good at video game like stream voices which sounds like so specific and silly <laughs> it's but really like stupid. it's unfair because you have I'm like, not gonna do it I don't want you to do it <laughs> I'm not gonna make you do it I'm not gonna make you do it there's like he has just you have professional sound edit recording equipment that you game with so it's like you can just lean into that mic when you're on it and it sounds like hey what's up guys but um (laughs) but i do think there's validity to this thing of like seeing so much horrible shit that these characters just live in you and you like understand them because you we share like basically cishet male like um nervous systems so it's like i feel like when i see men being horrible it's not like i don't know where it comes from you know, yeah. I'm like, I know where that lives in you. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why, that's what makes me also go like, so I know what's hurting and I know why you're doing that. You might not want to look at it or ever acknowledge it. Uh, you'll say like, nah, fuck no, I don't have those fucking problems uh, forever. But like, I know, cause I feel like on some level, if you have testosterone in your blood, you know what it does, you know, yeah. like there's a sympathy and also like a further disgust because you understand it because you can embody it so immediately if you want to. Yeah. And I, I often like fear, uh, for like myself, I just, I think about certain events that happened in my life or like certain people that were a part of my life and like just all these like stars kind of aligned to like, make me the person I am today and I can totally see how I could have like right. stayed in South Carolina and be and been like someone just very different. Right. I mean, I don't know what it is that like hmm. made me I made me kind of like reject all of these like right like kind of like far right like hypocritical like Christian ideals and, right. and and this and that and like dude I that's when I I think about sometimes when I was like 12 or 13 I remember like having um f- feeling like I was friend sound you know what I mean like there yeah. was like a girl I had a crush on I just want to be my friend I was like and then seeing that happen to another guy and being like 12 or 13 and being like what a bitch you know like what a bitch she's keeping him how she knows what she's doing blah 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 and then you grow up a little bit, like uh, five seconds of growth, and you go like, oh, no, no, no. If you're in a situation where you're uncomfortable and you know, like, the feelings you have for someone are not reciprocated and it makes you very uncomfortable. Like, it's fine to say, I like you a lot and it makes me so uncomfortable to be around that I think I should stop doing this because it's like self-flagellating for me and it just, you know, it's it's imbalanced and it's going to be bad for me, so... 
Um, I know I sound like an asshole, but I don't think I can be friends with you anymore. And just leave the situation. Like, that's your responsibility, like, to be able to do that. Yeah. It's not somebody withholding sex from you and fucking with you and manipulating with you. Yeah. Like, that's not real. That's something like an 11 year old thinks that's something like a baby thinks who's hungry and screams because they didn't get the cookies they want. You Mm. know what I mean? Like you mature and realize, oh, it's not just me. There's human beings who are sovereign beings with their own feelings and thoughts. And all I have control over is what I do. My point is like you mature, like something in us at least clicks at some point. And I think that's maybe part of the root of like looking at heinous people who like still have these childish ideas of like selfishness or whatever. Right. That you're like, why didn't you grow up? Charlie Kirk's and all those guys. And yeah. Why didn't you figure out your kind of, yeah. Childish view of the universe. This, this, this thing where like your brain grew, like your intellect and your body of uh, things that you'd read and your vocabulary that grew but your basic limbic drive didn't. Mm-hmm. This feeling of inadequacy and embarrassment related to your penis feelings. Well, I think a lot of the reason that that's able to happen so easily is because, like, so much of, uh, I mean, so much of our societal structure is like rooted in that, like, patriarchy. You know, like, yes, have, this is what I mean. Like, a huge portion of. Yes. The the books that you're reading are by Dude. other white men who also never grew out of that, you know. It's like Yeah, there's there's a, there's a fundamental like relaxation and acceptance of childish like male tendencies and even like a lionizing of them. Yeah. Like dude, I've been thinking of that so much like with this Kaepernick stuff and like the people who want to do like Pat Tillman, that was a real hero. Like the guy who was a football player who like gave up being a football player to join the army. Right. And then got killed by friendly fire. Right. And you're like, that guy specifically said he didn't want to ever be used as like propaganda. Yeah. His, his widow is saying the same thing, but like this idea that like instinctively the nation goes like this, a certain size of the nation is like, even on the liberal side is like, well, let's never fuck with the troops. No, no, the troops are noble no matter what. Yeah. And you're like, on some level, fundamentally, that's a very boy thought to be like, because killing is dope, because like fighting is dope. Like, and yeah. there's truly nothing braver you can do than go where you might die. And it's like, um, what if that's not true? Like, like you yeah. know what I mean? Only a society that's like raised by dumb fucking dudes who never go like, Oh, actually, I don't think the bravest, maybe the bravest thing I can do is like love somebody for real. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. To like, like trust open and, myself like fully to another human yeah. being and like. To, to, maybe the bravest thing I can like do is connect. like reject the societal nonsense I've been given forever yeah. that says I have to do these things to be acceptable and earn my place on the planet. And maybe the bravest thing you do is just be like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, or like to listen to people who are rejecting all of these norms, you know, like that. That's so fucking weird. Just, just that, that those, so those values, those fucked up things are like fine. They're heroic, but like these other ones, I don't know. I guess I'm saying I've just come around to something very obvious, but it's just interesting. It's important to like acknowledge, to like look at it. And even that, like if you can, if you can put it, 
like metaphorically in the in the like larger conversation into metaphors around stupid fucking values like my battle with depression you know you're just fighting you're in there slugging it out every day it's like then it's you know yeah instead of like i don't know what your conversation with it your affliction with it you're like Cause it definitely doesn't feel like a fu- some days, I guess I can put it into the metaphor of the context of like you're fighting your depression. You're like, I don't want to fucking give into this thing. And that's like noble to some degree, but like, I don't know. It is something more insidious. What you said earlier about like, I, I don't know, man, I changing, uh, changing my Twitter around, like unfollowing everything except Metamucil on Twitter. Yeah. Has amazing. like fundamentally improved my life. Like truly, like in the last month or so since I did it, like I ingest language differently every day. I still get the news. I still like find out what's going on. Yeah. But it's not like the way uh, it's not the information that's inherently horrible. It's like the way we're communicating it to each other and ourselves and the way we all like scream and like have to get like the hottest take. So people pay attention to it or the cleverest one or the funniest one, you know, or something Yeah, like that's. It's like there's this race to be like, like on the people who are like, if you, if you and I, right, we see the world and we see this like poison every day, this horrible thing, it becomes like a race, like who can express how poisonous it is the best, who can like show their pain the best, they're like disgust the best. And quite frankly, like that doesn't help you fix the problem in yourself or other people. Like, I really think that like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, if it's like, if you... I always use this this metaphor for myself in terms of like my mental or psychic wounds too is like if you cut your arm like bad if you like fell on a rock and cut your arm or something like that and you just ran screaming around flailing about how fucking bad it was like ah ah I'm fucking bleeding ah and that's how you responded to it like it wouldn't help you at all fix the problem like if you were like calm down or like I'm bleeding really fucking bad right now I'll probably bleed out pretty fast if I don't put some pressure on this thing and wrap it up and then get to a doctor and start figuring things out. That's how you solve the problem. Right. It doesn't mean you're taking it less seriously because you're not running around and screaming about it. But I do think, I do think because of like this thing that you're talking about, like the race to like sensationalize and like this, like, uh, I do think that people's like mechanism for listening is broken I right think it, now. Yes, so I think you that's do true. have to like kick oh, and scream so for anyone funny. to fucking listen to you. I yeah, some some you to have some to degree, set yourself on fire. To you some know, degree, I think that's true. I just think I thought you were saying I think it's breaking people's ability to listen because you just tune out anything. Oh well, that too. If somebody went and set themselves on fire, I don't even know if anyone would pay attention. They'd be like, "What a fucking idiot set themselves on fire." That too. But like, it's because there's so much like constantly inundated yeah. with that, like what matters anymore? Like what, what gets through? I don't know. I kind of think sometimes I think like in my, somebody, somebody wrote something, I think it was in that confessions of an economic hitman book, economic hitman that like, you didn't need a conspiracy of a few people in a room, like 13 people in a room, like organizing how the world was going to fuck over people yeah. because you had capitalism. So like you have the system of values and principles that if everybody holds them in accordance, they'll work in concert unconsciously to achieve these goals. Yeah. And like, that's much scarier and more insidious. And, um, I think there's something to that in terms of like, like a better way for the government to like hide secrets would be like, 
in a t- in an era when you can control information flow and there's only four channels on TV, sure, classify all the documents, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like in uh, this day and age, more effective would be to dump everything, just let everything be out there. And also there's all these hyper conservative psychos. And there's also all these hyper liberal psychos, like these anti-vax vegans that like I see all over yeah. my Facebook. And you just put so much out there that no one can tell what anything is anymore. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's like working marvelously for like the Trump administration. Sure. It, you know, and, and. But it just feels like then for our personal mental health, like what do you do with that? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It, it is like there are so many things that I uh, either like find out about every day or like already know about that are just so horrific. So many like mm-hmm. systemic things that are just like hurting like so many people. You know, you, yeah. you think about like the criminal justice system right. and like these, and incarceration these machines rate. that are churning daily. That, yeah. Like, they don't and turn it's off. Yeah. so horrifying and like. And then there's like right around the corner, there's like another thing that's so horrifying and and there's and it's just like all there and available to us. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Right. With that. Other than like, you know, uh, I I, I either I, I have like two reactions. I'm like. I either can't get out of bed or I'm going to go set myself on fire, you know? It's like <laughs> Or just keep making music, which is actually very helpful. I, guess. I mean, you make very beautiful music. I guess. I, I think it, I think it's valuable. I mean, like here's I don't I, know if it does shit. I think it's another drop in the pan because I there's there's been artists speaking yeah, like drop truth in the to pan. power for like ever. I know. You know, like that's, I, yeah. it's always like there's always like the gesture. Like remember we talked about that like the gesture can just say yeah. whatever about the king. Right, right, right. And it's you know. Yeah. I mean, that's true. It's always like that. And that's that. true. There's always, I feel that same. I was like. And also, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. No, none of us do. That's the whole point. This whole podcast is like, you're not, your authority on your own experience. It doesn't fucking matter. But I think like. Are we cursing too much? No. I say okay. fucking shit all the time on this thing. I, the, um, <laughs> in just my personal life of like the way I've always, I was saying this today to my friend, to Miles, actually, I was talking to Miles. I was like, in my personal life, and a lot of people that are around me, I think, follow this pattern. It's very much um, like a binge mindset, like a a binge sprint mindset. Yeah. That like if I get on a creative project or I have like, oh, oh, that oh, I've got a spark of an idea or I'm going to go drinking yeah. or whatever. I'm like, I'm fucking doing this. Now it's like food, especially. And you're just like all fucking in. No fucking rest, no fucking anything. Yeah. And no time um, to process anything. No time. Yeah. And, and that, and that, like, that's just how I am. And likewise, when I'm in sloth, I'm the same way. When I'm like gonna do nothing but get baked and play video games, I'm the same way. And that's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. And watching people close to me who become more successful, who are meaning like they have more job demands on them because they have more opportunities to do those jobs. And, it's stuff they've sought out and they love, but like are now realizing, oh, if it's not going to be like a month or two at a time or a week or two at a time, I can't do this like binge sprint life, which I feel like correlates to the way we take in the horrors, like Mm -hmm. the binge sprint of horror of like the internet that is available for you to know all the bad things Mm -hmm. is like constant. And it's like, especially when you know now, it was, it's not even that new. Like it's actually been worse in the past. Mm-hmm. It was just before it was like the narrative was so controlled and the idea of like national identity and patriotism as like 
you know, like all the little fucking dumb wars and shit we did were like justified because you accepted the one narrative and you were just living your life and it was prosperous for this country and blah, blah, blah. Like now that you start to realize, oh, it's always been this way. There was never like a good time. No. Even domestically, especially domestically. Like if you're a white straight guy, maybe. But But artists have been saying, artists have been saying this the whole time. Of course. That's true. But artists can't change anything until like, I mean, really, really all that's going to be is you need captain of industry to change or, or people will actually have to like seize the means of production. So we'll see what happens. But my point is just like in terms of getting through it, like keeping yourself so you don't, so you can stay in the fight, like whatever that means, like whatever that I think, which I truly believe just being alive and being conscious and like speaking up when you get the chance and like witnessing, I think all those things are like extremely fucking valuable things. Mm -hmm. I, I think they have real power and importance in the, in the world. Like, I guess this is where this idea that's very glib idea of self care comes in. But I was going to say like with the sprint binge is like, you start enforcing certain things where you're like, I, my day is going to end at eight o'clock. I have to run or have to do like exercise or something Mm -hmm. because otherwise I lose my fucking mind and this project won't be good. Or like I have something that's due tomorrow at, uh, noon or whatever. Let's say I've got a few hours left. Am I going to push through till 4am now or do I sleep now? Cause I know the work I do now is going to be terrible. Like the, the, the work that I do while this exhausted is going to be so useless to anybody (laughs) that, I'm better off just sleeping now and getting a few hours done in the morning. Maybe it's a couple hours late, but it's like turned in and it's good. Yeah. Like, I think that's true for our mental well-being. Like, yeah, if we have a heart, if we have an interest in like, you know, that stupid thing they say, like luck is just like preparation meeting opportunity. Yes. I used to like call my physical practices and my mental practice, like my spiritual ones before I had like really good ones in place. Even I called that like the daily preparation and uh, I had this concept I, when I was a kid that was like important to me of like um, making like that the opposites weren't, weren't, um, you know, I, everyone says this weren't like hate and love. They were like hate and fear, uh, love and fear. And that like love was just uh, another word for strength. And that like you're talking about like strength versus fear, basically. Mm-hmm. And that your daily preparation would be about cultivating this strength, like cultivating strength to protect like the love that you feel and value and want in the world. And there's something to me that seems like almost obvious now that like the inundation of bad news, the like the new, um, almost gleefully presented atrocity of the, of conservative movement, like through Fox news or whatever, like all these kinds of things seem so clearly there to get us riled up and get us crazy. And like, and I I can take it out of politics. We can just make it about commerce, like the constant inundation of like advertisement and fear and need is there to keep you always reeling on the back foot. Like, uh, what does he say in, uh, run the jewels? He's like punches and bunches punches meant to leave you frontless. Like that idea of like they're combos. They're, they're meant to keep you backing up and reeling and never able to like know where the next punch is going to come from. And only you can only remain strong and like, well, by truly like figuring out how to sidestep out of that at some point and let yourself like breathe and reset and get a view of things. And I think it's hard to let yourself do that while being conscious. Cause when I was younger, especially like I was like so mad, I had friends who'd be like, I just don't watch the news. It's not my reality. 
you know? I just realized it's just all, it's all not, it's all fake and it's not in my reality unless I let it in. And I'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, you think you can just, uh, ostrich like that? You can just stick your head in the sand and like, it just goes away. Yeah. Now I have like a little bit more measured view of it where it's like, I don't advocate that. I don't advocate, especially like going to the, the idea that like it goes away when I don't look at it. That's madness. But like, I do think that you need to give yourself chances to breathe and like do something that's good for you or regenerative or whatever, just so you have the capacity so that like when you see something terrible on the street or something like that, you're not just so worn down that like, you're just like another thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. So that's what I was going to say, but like just the Twitter thing, like these little steps to like (sighs) reel in the thing that you didn't have a choice over or felt like you didn't like, but you participate in, like that way of taking in information that's so, I mean, okay. Cause then you gave me this idea. I, I think about this sometimes about like the things we're eating, right. Is like, okay. ADHD, ADHD is a dopamine receptor problem. Um, I'm going to, this is all pseudoscience. This is none of this is real. I'm just going to share like synthesizing thoughts that I feel like I've had from taking it all in. I've learned that it's a dopamine receptor problem that like your dopamine receptors don't accept a stimulus well, so you're constantly looking for new sorts of do- sources of dopamine, more intense sources of dopamine, more, more in- intense stimulus. And this results in a host of like emotional and behavioral problems for people who have it that manifest in your personal life and your sense of well-being and your, you know, whatever, because instead of being able to focus or be calm or, or spend, you know, consistent time caring for something and crafting it, you're just got to find some new thing. I think it's resulted. I, I think it's where my risk seeking behavior has come from, like, you know, drug use and stuff. Cause you're just looking for something that'll get you more stuff, like more electric dopamine, serotonin, whatever. Yeah. And that dictates your whole life, including like inter- interpersonal relationships, like finding things to fight about. Like if you can, if like my codependency in relationships over my life, now I can recognize to some degree seems to be a mechanism of that. Like if I can firebomb something right now, we'll have to work it out. We'll have mm. to have a fight. We'll have to like, and that'll be so intense. We'll have to make up. It'll be so great. So I think about that. And then I'm like, knowing that this is a dopamine perceptive problem. And we know like looking at our phones gives you hits of dopamine, which is why people get addicted to their phones. Why you tap the fucking, I need more likes. I want more likes. I want to see more things. With Twitter, I see opinions that are clever and good and that resonate with my own and they make me feel validated and they make me feel like, oh, that's clever. And they make me feel smarter and funnier because when you read them right into your brain, they almost feel like your own thoughts. Yeah. And we know like throughout nature, like we build up tolerances to things. So like whatever's enough today won't be enough tomorrow, like just chemically. So I'm like, part of me was like, are we giving ourselves ADD basically? Like, are we burning out our dopamine receptors by constant inundations of this, of Twitter, of likes and whatever that forces us then to want and need more and creates this frenzy? And then on top of that, food, we know that like biochemically now inflammation is a cause of depression, like just, just tissue inflammation. And um, if the food that we're eating on the whole, like is grossly inflammatory diets, like you Google like for five seconds and learn like corn, sugar, all grain, carbohydrates have an inflammatory quality for your tissues. Yeah. Like how might that affect like a nation? Like, like we know inflammation then, oh, not to mention bacteria growth, right? Dopamine and serotonin, which, um, 
are manufactured primarily in your gut by your gut bacteria, healthy gut bacteria, and then it gets up to your brain. So if I have poor gut bacteria, which you definitely have bad gut bacteria, if mostly what you're eating is like what's given to you on the store shelves full of like nitrates and shit like that. And like all this uh, different carbohydrates that are very processed and crazy, like bad gut bacteria for sure. So you have inflamed tissues. You're not making enough dopamine and serotonin. So the inflamed tissues gives you depression. The dopamine and serotonin only inhibit that. Like on a national scale, like no wonder people would vote the way they do, like from a place of anger and discomfort and displeasure and like nothing's fucking good and they're just pissed. Like that's how depressed people behave, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I was like, there does seem like a systemic, like not to be like super woo woo, but I was like, if everybody just like, what if you could snap your fingers and, and, and like, instead of uh, electrical cars or whatever being the thing that you switch to, you snap your fingers and everybody just had to eat like vegetables, like good ones without pesticides and shit in them. Like, and that's just what they switched to for the rest of their life. Like would the, would the like general mood, like just start to get like, Oh my body, I don't feel bad so much. I didn't shit my brains out all day today. Maybe I, I think part of, part of that, I guess I'm trying, I to, I guess I'm trying to speak to like the, the power of like personal self-care to affecting your ability to then be better in the world. No, I, I, I agree that that's a thing. I guess partially that annoys me because like there are like, you know, valid, very valid reasons to feel like hurt and upset and, right, right, right. and angry and uh, to feel like, uh, the world is like crashing down around us because like in so many yeah. ways it is for like so many people. And there are so many like bad actors out there right. that are like taking advantage of the, of, of all of these like societal yeah. things. Uh, that it's like frustrating to be like, just take responsibility for like, like you're saying the thing I'm saying is like fix these things in your life to like be to deal to, to, and that will fix the thing when it's like, no, no, there's a lot of people causing these problems. Yeah. In a way, not, not so much that like what you're saying is what angers me. I guess what angers me is that that is a thing that is like making people feel upset when there's like real valid reasons for like people yeah. to feel upset. And I also don't want to, I feel like, like a lot of what I said is like kind of, uh, confused uh like depression with uh just like feelings about the world and like sadness and stuff which are like obviously two very different things yes but they're definitely but they're definitely interconnected they are i think that's like that's what scared me when bourdain killed himself that's what scared me when like you know when you're like there's two because there's two things going on there's like the like or or like vets in the military like like ptsd like which i'm gonna talk to somebody about that on this podcast soon but um you know suicide rates are very high and there's like it seems like there's very little national um interest wanting to be given to like maybe it's because you're making them do horrible things that are hard to live with yeah you know yeah instead it's just like oh we don't whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we don't take like care of them no, when they get yeah, back home. Yeah. There's like, like, similarly to like, yes, there's like depression that that's real. Like, I don't think 
like in terms of a chemical thing that like, even though everything's fine and good, you still can't feel it. You can't feel love. You can't feel well. Like that, that's a real thing that we experience. Like, I mean, this is the first fucking place to acknowledge that, but that the scary thought and the hard thought is then to go like, but also there are real reasons to be very upset. Yeah. I guess what I'm trying to argue for is just that like the importance of working on, like if I am like, I'm going to lose a hundred percent of the time if I have, internal depression and I can look at my universe. Maybe that's what, maybe that's kind of what we're like breaking it down to not to be like super binary, but that it's, if there's like, if I look at, if I just feel horrible in my life, it seems like one side of the spectrum of the self care spectrum is just like, Oh, fuck all that world stuff. That's all. Just ignore all that. Cut that out. Just work on you. Right. And the other side of it is like, no one gives a fuck about you. Go live in the world and figure it out. You know? Mm -hmm which, you know, doesn't, isn't exactly like fix the world, but it's like live in the world, deal with it. Nobody fucking cares about your problems. Stuff like blah, blah, just live in it, deal with it, make it a worldly issue, not an internal one. But like the truth seems to lie somewhere in like, uh, seems to me is like, I guess what I would advocate is like work on yourself, make sure that that, that your instruments in a very like samurai way, like make sure you are taken care of so that then you can receive the problems of the world and deal with them better. Like so that you can help make them better in your community, in your personal relationships, in your life and let that start to trickle out that way. Don't let like, so it's both. It's like, don't ignore it. Don't pretend the world doesn't exist because that's not fucking doing anyone any favors. Meter it out for yourself as much as you can handle it to get this shit together. But also don't buy into that bullshit of like, Nobody cares about you, Snowflake. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? And I think, I think like the, I think like the, um, the, I, there's something, there's something about, uh, people who struggle with different mental illnesses that is, that attracts me more so than just like this, like shared experience of like, we've like, we like go through the same struggle mentally and more there, there like is an element of like third eye open a little bit with people where like, I, I often struggle with people who are okay or who are Mm -hmm. like at like a baseline, Mm -hmm. you know, they react to things in like a quote unquote normal way or like mm-hmm. a healthy way or whatever. Um, where I don't know. It's just, it's just so I, I feel, I feel like people who are struggling, like are our teachers, it is the canary in the, coal, in the coal mine, like you said. And, no, that, I and that's that. important to not lose sight of that in like trying to like fix people, I guess. Right. Because like like I guess I I just recognize that like I mean I'm just repeating myself at this point. That's like okay. yeah, I need to be fixed. I do that all the time. Uh yeah, there's like a lot of things that I react to poorly. Uh I don't I don't like deal with the world in like a way that's like healthy or sustainable. Uh but also like the world is not healthy or sustainable. That's very true. I guess like we're not healthy or sustainable either. Like we're going to die. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like people are going to die. You're going to die. That's fucking hard to argue with that the world is not healthy and sustainable. But I guess I I would never, I would never go like, it's hard because you're like somebody I really respect. 
So it's dangerous to leave something hanging there that just sounds so true, but is so potentially destructive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because I also don't believe the world is um, unhealthy and unsustainable, so fuck it. You know what I mean? No, of course not. So I'm like... I wouldn't, because I mean, it's, but just saying, but I that's like, what I'm I was saying. Like, even then, that I'm like working through this for myself right now. Because you say that to me, you go like the world's. I mean, like I'm frustrated with the idea of like why should I try to be healthy and sustainable, and the world's not healthy and sustainable. And I'm like very much for me, I'm like it's a combination of things. It's a combination of like an almost crushy feeling that I have about you since I met you. Like <laughs> that I'm like fuck, Coda's the real deal. Like Coda's like just you're just you just have like a magical. I mean, I'm not to be weird. I'm, I think I've said this stuff to you before to some effect, but like you no, really I love you are, too, I love you very much. <laughs> I do. But like, you do have like some third eye open quality that is like real. And I, this continues, you're a little bit younger than me, not that much younger than me, but like this thing does keep happening as I get older, where you meet people younger than you that are smarter than you. And you're just like, fuck, you're like, fuck, you're really like, oh, wow. And so you say that and I'm like very, it really pushes all my buttons of like my self-emulation buttons and my like yeah fuck it like dude that it's validating to my self-destructive tendencies that say like no they're not wrong they're there for a reason it's because it's reflecting the fucking way the world is it makes sense you know which is all true so it's very hard it's very easy to hear that like it's a very romantic thought too and just go like well yeah it does make sense because i do agree basically with i think what you're saying to some degree which i agree with is like is like the world is unhealthy and fucked up. So the people, the people who are normal are actually kind of fucked up. The ones who are like, yeah, this is good and normal and I'm well adjusted. I think that all the time about like people who like have never been diagnosed to like, like have you been diagnosed with a mental illness and you're just like, um, and the, like all the ones who just never went and got checked out. Like I put off going to psychiatrists for a long time because I just didn't want it. Cause I was like, they'll find something. I just don't want to have it on paper. How many people are like that? Yeah. But like, well also, on a micro level, it's the same where we were talking about like, even if you like fix someone's dopamine receptors, you have them on all the right medications. They like, uh, yeah. can navigate life normally. They still have these, like all these like dark seeds. Well, I think what I, what I would just say about that. Okay. 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 So my ultimate thing was just like, I just can't commit to that because, uh, everything will just self emulate. And I, and be, like, just the way I said, I don't think the world should stay unhealthy and unsustainable means like, I don't want to surrender to that. I think it's incumbent on us to try to change it, but you just said something really good. And I'm please continue. Do you remember what you're saying? I'm so sorry. Oh no, no, no. I mean, that was, that was the end of the thought. What was the thought? Say the thought just again. that it was the same. We were talking about on the micro level earlier of like, uh, even if you get someone on all the right medications and you have them doing all the right things yes. and practicing all this right self-help yes. and self-care things, they still have these wounds. Right. Hello. Hey, Aaron. We've been enjoying. Hey, Aaron, sorry. <laughs> we're just, no, no, no I, we knew. I, I impromptu asked Coda to do this and he did it. Welcome home. Welcome home. Thank you so much. Um, I'm not even going to cut I cut this out. <laughs> am, I, am I on my good bad brain? You're on my good bad brain now. Thank you, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. You're on my good bad brain. I just think, uh, I was gonna say that I think it's incumbent, like, oh, okay. A person who gets, who f- tries to fix their dopamine receptors, gets well, works on their shit, I think is able, is better able to recognize and not accept fucked up things that come to them. When somebody comes to them and tries to like 
scoop them into some new drama and say like, you fucking did some shit to me and now you have to make up for it or whatever. Mm-hmm. They'll go like, ah, no, I used to think that, but now I know that's not true. I'll help you how I can, but it's not on me. I think that also makes you more able to look at your world of fucked up problems and go like, where am I putting my energy? All that energy I was putting towards like being like miserable about stuff. Like I could actually just start helping. I could start like doing things with it. Yeah. You know? And to me, like that's, that's why I would advocate because I do think it's correct. If you feel fucked up right now, you're right. Like it's really fucked up. Mm-hmm. You're just paying attention. That's all it is. Or even more than that, I think there's something like the unrest that everyone's feeling like everywhere, no matter what side of the line and how they decide to deal with that. Like, I think that's reflected in like the Christian community a lot. Like when you have like, like it's just something in them organically knows something's really fucked up and Mm -hmm. the way they're coping with it is just like doubling down like crazy. Like by being like, uh, like you have the family values party, like hiring like pedophiles, like Roy Moore, like, or the Catholic church being like, Oh, when you know what they are, like it's on paper and recorded and you just double down that just speaks to like, you're just trying to cut like your bot, your cortex is trying to deal with like your limbic system in a very weird way. Like yeah. your limbic system is going, something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong. And you just go like, I can't even deal with it. So we're going to keep going. Right. Like everybody knows. I think that by seeing it, so if you're feeling fucked up, that makes sense because it's fucked up. Everything's fucked up. But like you, I truly believe you'll be better to yourself and the world if you can take the time to make yourself so you don't feel so overwhelmed by fucked up every day. Mm. You know, you like, don't, it's not about going like, Oh, actually it was just my mindset. The world's not that fucked up. There's lots of good things. And actually I should just focus on the good things and the bad things are just, they're there, but they're not as bad as they were in the past. And so everything's Mm. fine. I don't think I'm advocating that. I just think like taking a more letting it all in and like letting the good stuff in too, so that a, you can have a rich, wonderful life where like you still get to experience joy I think regularly, I think like daily we're allowed joy, you yeah. know, which I feel like you do. Like you make beautiful art, you have beautiful friendships. Like, Oh yeah. And either way, like, uh, my life is better. And like the people involved in my life, right. uh, like, er- like everything is better when I can get out of bed. Which right, is, right, right. You know, like yes. that's obvious. Yes. I think like, uh, cause I had this thought too about like people that you want to be close to that. I was like, I don't want somebody who's so competent. Nothing ever goes wrong. I want to be near people who like when things go wrong can still laugh with you in like misery, like who, because there's no way misery is not coming. Like there's no way it's there. It's like you were talking about, it's there every day. It's like, just comes down to like, how good are you at surfing in that? And both like, feeling it's almost it's the stupid hulk thing you know i'm angry all the time like my secret i'm always angry yeah, yeah. is like eventually it seems like wellness will rely on living in some kind of paradox where like you take care of your like physical system like so that it's fed and nurtured and like balanced as best it can and, and exercise like it's a dog I, i've started thinking about my body more like a pet basically but like also clear-eyed open like seeing it all and being like having principles about it and doing what you can, which, you know, for some people is very limited, like what we can do to like physically impact things. Yeah. But there's, there's something, you know, like there really is like that thing you said that you were worried about, like what's the small thing you're going to say that people are going to remember and kill themselves about. There's a lot of things that you say 
I think all of us, little things that make people stay alive, you know? Yeah. And that's like just as real, probably more real, honestly. Yeah. You know? Was yeah. yeah. I wasn't sure if that was a good ending point. That's or. a nice, that's a nice little, I, I would, you know, I realized I didn't, I didn't clear with you. Do you, can you do my, do we do my six cues section? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that too then. Let's the go. The first one is always like, have you ever been diagnosed with any stuff? Uh, mental, whatever. Yes. And what, 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 if so? Manic depressive. Yeah. Yeah. What was that experience like? Like, did you go to a psychiatrist or like, how did it, how old uh, are you? Um, I was like. I was like 15 or 16 Hmm. and uh, I just had like a big old just kind of like mental breakdown, Hmm. uh, like fighting with my family and uh, I uh, tried to kill myself Hmm. and ended up spending a couple weeks in like a mental institution in South Carolina, uh, which was... Interesting because I kind of like, uh, I guess I like intellectualized my way out of there. Yeah. Because I just like, I don't know. I, I guess everyone else's like problems were manifesting. Like everyone that I met there, their problems were like manifesting in such a more like, not real, but like dramatic way mm-hmm. than I felt. And I mean, there, there's always, there's, there's like a lot of societal pressure with like, uh, with like, or like family pressure of like, well, you're not like, I don't know if you've ever gotten this, but just the like, uh, you're not depressed or you're not this because like you have a great life and like you, you know, like that kind of thing. And so I kind of just like, said whatever I needed mm-hmm. to say to get the fuck out of there, yeah. you know, like basically like, Oh, you know, I mean, I don't remember exactly. I like, yeah, yeah. I kind of like block out. No, yeah, like I remember I like certain. My, my, my dad talks, my dad like got, uh, held in like psychiatric whatever facility for a while. And he talks about it in similar terms where he's just like, it's just horrible. And it's just like, Never got out of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like weird and like dehumanizing and like. Are you, would you say you're manic depressive? Is that the same as bipolar? That's like, what, do you know if you're one or two? Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I actually, I don't even know. I was just curious. I was my, just cause there's like different, I don't know. And I'm just curious cause I don't know exactly. I know my dad is two and it was something I thought I was for a long time. And I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I don't even know. They ended up saying, you know, I have ADD and I was depressed. And they were like, and you're like, I don't know. When you learn some of the symptoms of everything, I sometimes I'm like, how do they pick one over the other? You know what I mean? Yeah. It feels like a lot of the same symptoms can come from different mechanisms. Right. Um, and I guess that's part of the point of like, hopefully finding a good doctor and trying, you know, cause they're not, there's like bad doctors too. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, it, it was kind of like. I don't want to get too much into it. No, yeah, I don't need but to. It was that, just I appreciate like, you sharing because I think like, it's like with Miles, like anybody is like, there's a lot of people who listen and it feels very weird. It feels like very impossible to go on after certain things. And knowing that I didn't know that about you and I appreciate you sharing it. Like, I didn't know that about you. You just seem like 
like you make beautiful things in your world and you're like a good thing in it. And so I don't need you to like go into it. Like I don't need like some horror. I don't need like juicy shit, you know, for this podcast. I just appreciate you even sharing that because it's validating and it creates possibility for other people, you know? Well, I I also had, um, it wasn't like a completely isolated thing. Uh, do you remember, um, I had like cystic acne. Mm. Do you remember this drug called, uh, fuck, what was it called? It was like Accutane. Yeah. Accutane. Heard of that. So I was on Accutane Uh and sorry, I've got like a, I don't even have this cold. Yeah. Um, so I was on Accutane uh-huh. and Which I just had this your hormones and stuff. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like a lot of it was like placed on that. Wow. So I was on like Prozac for a while Fuck. and kind of just like, uh, like weaned myself off. Like I basically just like, wasn't taking my meds right. and then it was kind of like just a whole like cycle of bullshit. My Plus house 16, burned down right? like and like, oh, yeah. Damn. And like all, just all this shit happened. And there's a lot of like, family drama i mean it was like a is this a whole thing yeah and like at the same time i was just this like horrible little ball of like toxic like craziness not to say like i don't mean uh, now you're yeah. 16 too because on top of that like like you're already like a soup of like crazy hormones and feelings when you're when you're that age yeah you know which so, i like, know somebody would get, would get mad at us for saying like crazy i've said insane a couple dude, of times I, and, that's i can't i can't know. deal with that one i understand like there's an argument about it being ableist or whatever to I say get things it. are crazy but like i don't know what you want me to do i'm fucking crazy i'm crazy and i don't know other words you know what i mean and also yeah. like i, I also re- resent it on some level as like a poetic thing like yeah as like hyperbole is a, something valuable to me the same way people tell me don't say fucking shit, it offends me. I'm like, I f- have big feelings. They seem expressed with vulgarity well, you know? Yeah. Um, and I just I just want to say that, like, if that's something that, like, really upsets you, like, I hear you. Yeah, of course. I think so, too. I mean, I'm also, whatever, it's maybe problematic, I guess. But, like, there's also an aspect of, like, I think it, I don't. I don't think it's helpful to like try to pretend I don't exist in the context of my society and reality. Right. So like as much like we're saying it's a canary in a coal mine, I think there should be a space for everybody, but I don't believe like it's even reasonable to expect to create some sort of homogenous experience of being a human that we all have. Right. Like I mean, it's fucking Kanye shit to some degree. The thing when he starts screaming, like, um, it's my superpower. Yeah. Like, my crazy is my superpower. And uh, that really, like, spoke to me that you're like, I was directing this project the last few weeks. And I was like, thank you, ADD brain. I didn't oh, stop yeah. taking when my medication. I'm, when I'm up, I'm like, yeah, and I Yeah, and I don't mean to, like, over-romanticize, like, the... um high of that, because I understand that's part of what I'm experiencing when that happens. But I do think it's in its goods and bads are differently shaped brains as humans suit us to different tasks. And I don't like the, to me, like the, 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 you know, like the demonized version of socialist thought is that you're all going to wear the same uniform. We're going to make everybody seem the same. And that's what we're trying to do. But that's not really true. I think the thought is uh, that, that phrase about like, like to each according to their needs from each according to their capabilities. Mm -hmm. And like, 
if somebody, if you have two people and one's very, very strong and very large and one is very, very small and very weak and you have two, one big, 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 big fucking rock to carry and one little one, you give the big rock to the other. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You don't go like, well, let's make it random. So it's fair. Like, so this thing of being like, create, like if I'm, I, it helps me to go like, I'm fucking crazy sometimes. And I recognize, I can also recognize, I don't think that means that I'm unhealthy all the time. Like we're talking about canary in a coal mine. Maybe yeah. I'm sane. Maybe I'm feeling. And I like have kept my ability to be sensitive like the way I had it as a child. And I didn't just numb out to survive to society's cruelties. And maybe society is sick and not me. But in the context of understanding crazy as different from what's normal, like I don't, res- I don't hate that. And this idea that like you'd get, lost and stuck in, I would just, I should be treated and allowed to feel like I'm the same as everyone else to some degree is like, but, but you're not, and yeah. that's good and bad. And I don't know any more than sticking your head in the sand and pretending like bad things aren't happening on the news. Like, I don't know how that helps anybody to like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. fight for that idea of normalcy, not, not like treated like an equal, not like, you know what I mean? Like that's all, that's all fine and good. But like, I don't know. It's like living in complete fantasy and not pretending like, you know, some of us are tall and some of us are short and some of us, our brains are shaped this way. And some of our brains are shaped this way. And the blanket term of like crazy, I don't know, helps me cope sometimes. Yeah. You know, I'm like, well, I can work with that. Yeah, exactly. You know, so this idea, like, don't say crazy, don't say dumb, don't say But I can't, I can't like, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I can't like, uh, the DSM or whatever it is, yeah. you know, is, uh, scary. I yeah. guess. Yeah. Uh, right. To you, to be like, I'm part of that. Now. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I did. I guess I got, and I get that enough that for years I avoided a diagnosis, you know, so I just wouldn't have the label. And so like, as a result, part of starting this podcast for years, I didn't get help. That has fundamentally changed my life. Yeah. I don't even <laughs> fucking remember, you know, like, that's yeah where I'm at. I'm like, it's like, there's like periods of my life that are just like blacked out. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. Huh? Well, I'm not, I'm, I, the next question was part of that same thing is uh, if medications you've tried, how, how you felt about them, if anything helped you or didn't just help Prozac you. and yeah. mushrooms. And which, how were they? How were both of those things? Mushrooms are fun. Yeah. I don't really remember Prozac. Yeah. I remember like, I I bet it would be all right now. Hmm. If I, if I, if I took it now, if I was back on that medication, then like the circumstances of just like, oh my God, there's something wrong with Jordan now. Right. Uh, Right. There's something wrong, like in our family. Ugh. There's like a darkness. I'm going to the hospital. I'm going to see a therapist. Like, and that was a huge That's deal amazing. too, because like, That's, well, you are literally the canary in the coal mine in that situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like literally in your family unit, you get to become the canary in the coal mine. And it's like, they're getting mad at the canary for yeah. like the fucking coal that's killing everyone. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. That's remarkable. And also I think speaks like not to like turn, but just contextually, that's really fascinating and real. Like it's not, it's like, 
I am very grateful to my mother that she started working on certain mental things in her later life and family trauma things and whatever. And me and my siblings have like this consensus on it, basically, that we're like, thank you, mom, because she was very young when she had us and there was a lot of crazy shit when we were younger but like we're like thank you for working on your shit because we don't have to do that now like yeah. she worked on stuff that we didn't have to work on and sometimes I think that happens in family units especially where like if things are really fucked up and you're actually manifesting it and the one who wants to go like things are fucked up I'm fucked up things are fucked up and it's, and it's embodying in you and yeah. people in your family are like resenting you for it or being like you're crazy it's a hundred percent because they don't want to work on it like yeah. with themselves and their thing. And which like, like now, like my parents have like, and they've gone through the ringer too. Sure. And like, I'm only just now like starting to get to like really understand like what they were going through. And that helps me a lot too. And like, they're just like wonderful people now. Like, like I, I think my mom started taking medication and she's like really mellowed out. And like my, my dad, uh, to, I mean, my dad has a whole like litany of like health problems from, uh, he was a paratrooper, mm. uh, for some context. Yeah. He was, uh, he, he was a par he was a paratrooper and uh, a chaplain's assistant, yeah. uh, in the army. Yeah. Uh, and which means if you're, especially if you're a chaplain, this isn't like, not only are you present for, a lot of like fucked up stuff, but you're also like absorbing a lot of people's fucked up stuff. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? And it, and it was like, uh, you know, he was in, he was in like desert storm and stuff and, and, you know, gone a lot of the time, you know, like deployed Yeah, for, you know, months out of the year. And like that, that's always a hard thing. And like, they went from being, like fundamentalist Christians, they led like a praise and worship band when we were in Italy, uh, to like moving to South Carolina and like completely rejecting all of that. And then at the same time, uh, my dad, uh, developed, uh, it, like atrial fibrillation mm. in his heart and had to get a pacemaker and like mm. literally like died and, and came back. And it was just like, I don't know, my like teenage years were just like I just like gloss over it and like I I get it. I get why it was like such a like like oh my god, like how the fuck do we deal with this? Because mm -hmm. like they were like dealing with their own shit, right. you know. Maybe it, like people shouldn't have kids when they're babies 20. having babies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Well, I mean she's nineteen and there's like very similar um I'm pulling this up because I forget sometimes my um <laughs> I forget like my six quick cues and I just want to get them vaguely in order, <laughs> which is really silly. Um, uh, yeah, this one wasn't uh, very quick. No, th that's the joke. I feel yeah. like, Oh, I, I did have the right next one. What's something cheesy you find inspiring? Oh, wait, 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 wait. I, we blew past. I want to know about mushrooms. Oh. Cause I've heard a lot about mushrooms. I've had mushrooms. little bits of them in my life, but how did they, how were they for you? Um, I, I've, it's hard to say cause like it was another, it was another, it, it was another case of like medication at like the wrong fucking time. Mm. Cause it was like another period, like just like tumultuous period where I was, I was doing mushrooms like, like every weekend. Yeah. And like, uh, and just like experience, like I was like a little bit of a psychonaut for 
like a long period, like a year yeah. of where I was just like, not every weekend, but like yeah. I was doing them a lot. Like, I think I, I think I, I think I did right. mushrooms. Like it was like 50 times in, huh. in like what a was year it? and a How half was or that? period. What was or that something. like? Uh, it was great. I feel like I, I feel like I was able to have a lot of like, I mean, people always have like breakthroughs, but I think like a lot of, stuff stuck with me and I was able to see like a lot of like toxic patterns and like behaviors in myself that Mm -hmm. like, it's not like they were all instantly fixed. Right. You know, I'm still, I'm still, uh, I still go through like long periods where I can barely get out of bed. I don't answer texts. I can't like talk to people. I can't like do anything. Um, but like it, it, it was just like a great, way to like it's like laying everything out on the table in front of you yeah like all of the shit that you can't normally see i mean it's like its own form of therapy and like being able to like intellectualize all of these like toxic behaviors and stuff makes them so much less scary and so much easier to like identify and pick out and like work on shit and even if it was just like even if it was just like having fun it wasn't always like, it wasn't always, I'm not going to be all self-righteous about it and act like I was like medicating myself, sure, but sure. like even just having fun on psychedelics can be like really profound in like the way that like you enjoy other people's happiness around you. And like yeah. the way that like, it was just a very healing process. Like it was never really dark or anything. I mean, it's dark in that, like, you start to like see things for what they really are, right? You know, and like That's certain so like societal practices be are are like they're just like stripped of all of the, just all of the, all of the dressing up that they have. You know, you start it, like it's so cliche and like 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 baby just read fucking. Uh, you know, the communist manifesto or whatever, but you start to see like, just like banks and suits and money and like all this shit as just like how silly it is. And like, you look around, uh, and, and you see everyone for just like, just these fucking like self-interested, like apes that are doing all this weird shit that runs counter to like what it means to be like a human or like what it means to just like to to exist or to like love or to like we just have so many like rituals and stuff that and that gets identified like you just see it you just right. see it like very clearly it's it's hard to really describe like it's just like it's funny it's I, just none of it makes sense none of none of the <laughs> shit and then the stuff that like does make sense to you when you're on psychedelics is like is like the things that are real, like love and, and like seeing someone like enjoying someone's happiness, Mm -hmm. like all that is real. And all of the, all of the, the dress up that we do is like nonsense. And that sticks with you. It definitely sticks with you. Like I have a hard time going back to just like playing little like political games with people and shit because it's so counter to like, goodness i guess yeah it's funny i think the most the time that i took mushrooms it seemed like that they like took hold the most you know was um sorry i'm just making sure the battery's like oh we're good uh that's how i described it was i was like i felt like i could only see the truth like like, you know what i mean like yeah there's something to that it's funny too i didn't i just thought like right now like it's like they live 
It is like they live. That they live was definitely like John Carpenter took mushrooms and was like, I'm yeah. just, the, I, it's funny too. Like, um, not to be so extremely horny, but, um, with an EY, but like, I never, I was just thinking to myself, like, that's true. Like the profound, like the profundity of like sharing, feeling the happiness other people feel is so nice and good. Like that's eating together. That's like laughing with your friends. Is It's not like, like, I think we've, we get taught that it's like, it feels good to hang out with your friends and laugh at them because you feel good. Yeah. And everyone wants you to, that's like, there's a, I think a very popular general philosophical thought that everything you do is ultimately selfish, that you do it because, because it like, ultimately makes you feel good to do something nice or something like that, you know? Yeah. But I think that's bullshit. I I really do. And I think there is a real thing of feeling other people's happiness, Yeah, you know, that like there's thing mirror neurons, you know, like there's a thing of mirror neurons that, that humans have, which is like, if you see someone else's face up close, like if they t- show you a video of then they have, and then they express emotions that your brain fires the same emotions. Like yeah. that's like a real thing. So like, there is something to this, like feeling someone else's emotions and, uh, and their happiness in particular. That's like a really, I was like, I, that's, I think why sex is so good is like, it's like when it's good and what yeah. makes it good or bad is like when someone else with you is feeling good oh, and yeah. you're like creating that good feeling for them, you get, you are like feeling their happiness. Yeah. And that's like a weirdly profound, I don't know. I think that speaks to maybe like the drive to make art, you know, the drive to like, make good things in the universe that like make other people feel stuff is like not, not, I mean, I guess in someone else could argue like cynically, this comes back around to like, you're making yourself feel good with their good feelings, but, but God, what's but the it's harm a, in but, that? Yeah, but exactly. Totally. You know, like, but also like, I think there is a fundamental subtle difference between I'm doing something that creates good feelings in me as opposed to like, I create good feelings in them. And I'm feeling their feelings. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just, it is, just it acknowledging that that's possible is like a huge paradigm shift to understand. You know what yeah. I mean? Which I think also speaks to why if you're really lost, if you're really like waiting for someone to come save you, it never works. But if you go show up for somebody else, like if you can find the, the the ability to get out of bed, if you can find it within your bones that like you're feeling so fucking horrible, if you can find it within yourself to go serve someone else, even if that's as simple as like showing up for a friend who needs some help with something. Yeah. Like it always will drag you out of your shit. Yeah. Almost always. You know what I mean? Obviously not. But you know yeah. what I mean? Anyway, that's really good. I'm going to turn the light on because I think it's getting a little dark. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I got it. Oh shit! Put it all I'm making them go crazy. Gotta, oh, the hue we bulbs. Got the hue, we oh, got the hue bulbs. We upgraded. Uh, um, this uh, podcast brought to you by Philips. Philips Hue. Hue, not, but I would be happy to because they're just so delightful. Are they? Um, I don't know. I feel I like love I love them. No, they they the product itself is delightful. Oh, I, I don't feel know anything like, about the company. I don't know anything about the company. I'm just talking about the product itself is like ultimately very lovely. The, I'm just scared. I don't want to know about any of my products because I know it's like, <laughs> of course they're, they're like, of course th- Hugh has slaves or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that's okay. Phillips, not, my, my, not Hugh, right? Not the Hugh bulbs, not- <laughs> the bulbs. I am the, the, the bulbs do, they force me to do their bidding. Um, okay. Th- we'll move on. What's something cheesy you find inspiring? Um, something cheesy I find inspiring. Mm hmm. Oh, 
I don't know. The, cheesy is such a like. I'm starting to let go of like cheesy, right? Because we currently we live in a society. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we like we just like live in this world where like everything is so cynical now, and like we're so cynical about uh, like sincerity and right. things, and like I don't know. It's so refreshing to like go watch some like just something that is just like fully sincere and not like trying to be um, like clever or trying to be like revealing in in like some way. And it's just like a celebration of beauty. So like cheesy is hard for me. I don't know. Something cheesy I find inspiring is um, what about something that's like on the surface? It's cheesy. Like we all take it as cheesy, but it's like very much not. Uh, Hold on, I'm gonna blow my nose. Yeah, sure, it's sure. Just, can Here, pause it. Yeah, just hang out. I, I need to stop it for the battery anyway. We are back. Pee break over. Okay, we are back. <laughs> yeah. So, what's something cheesy? I will say this question is inherently flawed because, or it's like a trick question because I do agree with you. I don't believe. Like I was like ironic pleasure is, which is a favorite thing of our, like our little generation probably. Um. Is still just it's just pleasure, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you wear the Ninja Turtle T-shirt because it's like, oh, fucking it's ironic. It's like you're actually enjoying it. The irony. So, I did start watching Grey's Anatomy. You did recently. Do you like it? It's so good. Really? It's so insane. Well, I so I started episode one. Uh, there were just a bunch of drunk people at the house, which is like a typical thing. Um, and I just like I kind of put it on as a joke. I mm-hmm. was like, I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna just sit here and watch Grey's Anatomy, and I started watching like the first episode, and Aaron, my roommate Aaron, was like, uh, she was like, oh yeah, all of these people die, like by the end of the show, and I was like, what the fuck? How? <laughs> I mean, I've never watched the show, but it sounds it's like it's not like The Walking Dead. Yeah. It's like it's, it's like, like people in a hospital. It's people who work in a hospital. I was like, how do they all die? What? So I went and watched like season thirteen, and I watched like four episodes of it, and it's amazing. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. They, it's like the filmmaking is like so bad it's kind of like that it's like that interdimensional cable shit where it's yeah, just like totally. you're like how did someone make this like it breaks all Dude, the rules that's not how I in feel, a good way that's how i feel watching uh the jack ryan show on amazon yes have you watched it i yet? haven't watched it yet Dude. but i know i'm gonna do fucking dude yeah there's a sex scene in there that will make you never want to have sex again no it, that's not true that's not most true. sex scenes make most me never want to have sex that's, again no the sex scene in there i more i tweeted about it i was like it just i was laughing so hard watching it and just imagining a couple like getting horny watching it you know what i mean <laughs> yeah like, i saw that tweet oh, yeah that's it's just the show's incredible i mean and i like john krasinski like on the whole like i really like the the quiet place or whatever i guess i liked it you're like i guess about it i yeah. liked it i liked it a lot but i'm like what is he? What is he doing? Like, what is this fucking? It's the most. He's a Republican now. Is that true? No, that's not true. But he just like the show he is decided the most to. Republican yeah, he show. just like decided to give into that. It's like you, it's the you've most been watching. Republican show. Um, Who's America? Right? No, 
I've seen some of them, but I just can't keep up with content these days. There's like, there's like one where he just has these like random fucking like, basically like trolls, like uh-huh. like just like internet troll guys, but there's just some like, you know, some like southern mm-hmm. older men who are like white supremacists and hate women and all this, right? And um, he's having them like just shout answers to things. Uh-huh. And at one point, like, he has the one guy just, like, shouting. He's like, he's like, uh, who is your favorite novelist? And the guy's like, Tom Clancy. And he's like, why? And he's like, because I really like the stories and, like, the characters I, I really connect with. And, like, da, 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 but uh, something like that. And it was just so fucking funny. That's like, so fucking funny. It's so yeah. good. No, um, I mean, I can't even... I, it's funny, because even... I've been playing Siege a little bit, the Rainbow Six Siege game, which yeah. is based on Tom Clancy shit. And even that, like, it's such a hilarious, like, version of the world. Like, yeah. Like, this, these terrorists, these just, like, ever-present, insidious, like, it's so funny. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, imagine like, that, we've set up two bombs in a like, chateau. Yeah, yes. It's like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> and, like, that there's just... I don't know. And that they're like well funded and they're just maniacs who like have to do this thing. Um, I don't know. It, I think it's like, cause you know, I, none of I the bullets, you know, none of the bullets in the game are real. What do you mean? It's they're all shooting like blanks and like pretending to be dead and stuff. Like the whole thing is just like the whole premise of the game is that it's like a simulation between of rainbow six Siege? Yeah. Between like all of the different, like, counter terror groups in the world like they just get together and like train together oh, for that's shits very and funny that that's to, like, the premise of the, the multiplayer best. yeah that's very funny that's very very funny but i was gonna say that's so absurd but that's just as absurd as like these games that like they i think it's funny that the tom clancy books or people who read them like to think that they're realistic you oh, know what i mean yeah yeah like yeah. that they're as if they're more realistic than fucking batman you know what i mean that's what I think yeah. is funny about them. Like, I th- mean, people think like people watch Christopher Nolan's Batman and they're like, yeah, it's so sick how they did I it. Like know. realistic. It's so, it's I like, watched it again what? recently and I was like, I'm not going to pretend like I don't think there's fun shit in this movie. Like, yeah, like Heath Ledger. I think it's almost weird the Heath Ledger one. And I'm not saying this just cause he died and like, you're supposed to say it. Like he's really doing work in that movie. Like, yeah, he's like doing some art shit. That's like amazing. And watching it alongside like, Christian Bale going like talking like this is <laughs> where's Rachel. And then on top of that, imagining all the people who watched it and are like, I really fucking like the way Chris Nolan did Batman. Cause he did it like real. Yeah. Like it's more real than Batman forever with fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's so funny. Now I'm being such a like fucking hipster dick. Like, but it's very funny. No, I mean, it's real. But anyway, what was, so, yes. Oh, I didn't even get to the question. But first, I do want to say, like, the best part about um, Grey's Anatomy Grey's Anatomy is that they cut like every two seconds. <sighs> there'll be there'll be like a like a twenty three second scene where you get like so much information, so much happens, none of it means anything or is important to right. anything that's ever existed ever. Right. And they'll cut like 20 times in like a 23 second scene. Yeah. And like big swooping, like Michael Bay shots, like around people. And they're just like having like a mundane conversation. Yeah. And they're it's like incredible. cutting every set. It's crazy. I love not, that. Or it's not crazy. It's it's um, something. Something. Um, it's so, I, that is, that is kind of what frustrates me with that one is you're like, 
there's not like substitutes for the words. You're like unique. There's it's so bizarre, fascinating. It was bizarre, but I think it's just like if I say it's so crazy, the the point is it's a catch all for it's like all those things. Right. Like I I sometimes I love that like um something I love is in language is like uh vague like like you the um what am I trying to say like precision use of vagueness yeah like that if you allow a thing it allows people to speak in poetry you know what i mean like yeah. if you if you use a vague term like i i think this idea like the movie the show deadwood was the, this the creator of the show deadwood um i forget his name but i heard him talking once about like the vulgarity on the show that's like oh is someone coming oh yeah. oh, uh, oh hello, oh, hello. welcome help. welcome we're we're still going welcome aaron still going they come in they come out want me to crank these lights up aaron got a mood we got a mood going Yes, it certainly feels that way. So good, bad. Uh, but he said this thing about the show that like the vul- the show's very vulgar on like on purpose. Yeah, and he was saying that like that was because it was this time in American history. Like if you look at correspondence at the time, he was like saying it was basically s- supported like historically, and that there was this. Um, Basically, at that time, like just after the Civil War, basically, if you went out west and you met people out west, you'd be like, "Where?" If you actually had real conversations, like quickly, you'd find something to kill each other over, right? And so instead, you'd be like, "Hey, what the fuck, huh?" And they'd be like, "Fucking, fucking, tell me about it." He's like, "Yeah, motherfucker," <laughs> or something like that. And it really stuck in my brain that I was like, "Fuck," and I was like thinking, like, <laughs> I was thinking about that, and like, that's true. That's yeah. like, you know, like there's. You can get away with saying like "fuck, man," and that can mean everything or anything, and allows people to like put what they want into yeah. it. And then we can really connect as people in this weird way by saying nothing. Yeah. So instead of as much as I love precision in language, like when you really like figure out how to say something very precisely and beautifully, I think there's also a lot of elegance in being able to just go like "it's just crazy," and everyone yeah. goes like "it sure is." It sure you know? the heck is, yeah. And almost like even in, even like it's like a willful misinterpretation. Almost to be like, when I say crazy, I mean mentally fucked up in a way that's not acceptable and is weird and you should feel weird about. Right. Like that's odd. That's definitely not what I mean. Right. Yeah. Not at all. Anyway. Topsy turvy yes. is, is the best way that I can describe topsy-turvy. the filmmaking of season 13. Delightfully topsy turvy <laughs> of Grey's Anatomy. Which oh. when I say crazy is generally what I mean. When I'm yeah. saying like people are crazy, I mean, they're delightfully topsy turvy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so keep going. Uh, yes, not the filmmaking was not deranged in any way. I mean, well, a little bit, but so the cheesy that you find inspiring, cheesy I find inspiring. Uh, I look, I, I had to Somehow look it up because I want to like read some lyrics. Yeah, because I don't know my, I don't, I barely know my own lyrics. Right. But uh, <laughs> what's up by the four non blondes? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, fucked me up. Oh, that's the other I remember week. you bringing this up. Yeah, yeah. I just what's it, going on? It came up in my um I was like watching like Nine Inch Nails live or something. Right. And then it just like you know how YouTube has all that the weird algorithms and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that music video came up and for some reason I just I was like got to me. Yeah, you should cover and it. And I was just like crying. I guess. You should. Fuck it. That'd be uh, cool. Yeah, I might do it. I would love to hear that. Because your covers are always really fun. You do like sync covers. Yeah, I would frequently. do it. I could do it synky, I guess. 
I don't know. I would want to do it real. Yeah, I you should do, do it real because I, I it's like such a sync. real fucking song. I like that sync has become a genre for you. Yeah. Like your Western voice or whatever. You like. Yeah, just the like. Oh, I like that shit. I think it's good. New blood. <laughs> I like force people to sit through that stuff like awkwardly. <laughs> like I do. I've done a Zeke a few times where I'm like, listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> it is awkward because it's all like to make some, no, no 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 the music's <laughs> awkward it's just it's it's awkward to do that to somebody to yeah. be like I need you to listen to this right now and I'll just be like oh, it's funny but like what's up is so good well, okay yeah, I just had, I just had no idea like because you hear that song it like comes on at parties right and it's like. Literally, like the lyrics are 25 years and my life is still trying to get up that great big hill of hope for a destination. I realized quickly when I knew I should that the world was made up of this brotherhood of man for whatever that means. And so I cry sometimes when I'm lying in bed just to get it all out what's in my head and I'm feeling a little peculiar. And so I wake up in the morning and I step outside and I take a deep breath and I get real high and I scream from the top of my lungs, what's going on? And I try, oh my God, do I try. I try all the time in this institution and I pray, oh my God, do I pray. I pray every single day for a revolution. And like, people just like sing that at parties. They're like, oh, what a fun, like goofy ass weird song. And it's like, damn. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. It's just everything. I don't even want to like dive into it too much. Like you just have to like read the lyrics and like, if anybody's like, at all yes listening to what the fuck yes. you're saying and then they're like oh my god that's a very good they're, that's a very good cheesy that you find inspiring i feel like isn't that funny yeah, though that like that crazy. song is so good and like um yeah there are what's songs her, like what, that what, what's her name the linda perry uh-huh. wrote that song and like she used to like uh I think it's in, it might be in that video, but she has like, she has like dyke spray painted on her guitar and like yeah. all this stuff. And you just like, I don't, I don't know. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. She, it's awesome. so good. It's such a good song. And like her voice is amazing and sometimes stuff. I think that about like, I think about like pop songs in the nineties and even the eighties and stuff. Sometimes like you hear them again and you're like, I can't fucking believe this was pop music. You know what I mean? Yeah. We did that. We were listening to, uh, who what was the band? What was the one that was like that live version of fuck? Um, oh, Portishead, maybe? Oh, yeah. I can't remember which song it was. But it was like, you're just like, this was like popular music to some degree. Like it was on, yeah. like the alternative the stations yeah. or whatever. Yeah, chart. Yeah, exactly. And you hear it and you're just like, oh, shit is so different now. Like if you listen to like Fiona Apple and shit like that and you're like, Fiona Apple was like popular for a second. And you're like, the lyrics, it's crazy. It's really crazy. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that different. You don't? Uh, I'm a sick fuck. Yeah, like quick fuck. Hey, that song is great. I'm just kidding. I love that song. (laughs) What? No, I do love that shit. I have have serious feelings about that shit, actually. When people are like, listen how bad this shit is. Like, I think, I don't know. It's hard to explain, like... It's the same. It's the same thing as like, like just fucking like, listen. People aren't people aren't listening to it because it's like, right? No, no, I'm very, I'm very much in general, like in poetry stuff. I like love uh, repetition a lot, and also I think, I do think there's a quality of like, I don't like the Beatles. Like if you listen to Beatles stuff, sometimes like 
it's not good. But yeah. like in the context of they've done really good things, it becomes interesting. Like yeah. why would they choose to do this then? You know, it's also art isn't like the qualities that make art good are like are like it's it's mirror like right. qualities. Right. I do think that's true. And like that's a huge fucking mirror that song. I mean maybe not. That song's a little I, bit of fun. I, that that song's a little bit, bit of fun. I, but I think there's like I guess what I'm just trying to say about the 80s 90s thing, I don't think I'm romanticizing is like there was this period of movie history when you could like sell a script. Like you could sell a spec script like for a lot of money. Like a good a good script would come out and people would be like we got all bid on this script. And that yeah. doesn't really happen anymore. And and even if I remember seeing like Encino Man or something and watching it and being like, this movie's structured really well. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And there's something about like this craft of this like right of like lyrics of like that is like taken for granted. That was just part of pop songs. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get. I yeah, I see it. I mean, everything's definitely been like much more like cynically commercialized. Yeah. Now. Um, I mean, it's only gotten like worse and worse every year, pretty much. I mean, we we're at a point where like all of our political activism is done through like big companies, you know, like products are just like co-opting like movements. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, hopefully some of them mean it at some point and then we can have like cool, like war or something, you know, like (laughs) that where there's actual like money to back up the. Yeah, I guess. No, I'm just kidding. I'm mostly kidding, but I'm just saying that because I truly, I mean, ugh, not to be cynical again, and like, it's not even cynical, it's just dark, but like, as much as wars are, and the and the basically the decisions made for the common person are decided by like billionaires who can make those decisions because yeah. they control the means of production and stuff like that, is like, basically I think the best hope is like that you get people who are earnestly interested in the betterment of society. Mm-hmm. But like, frankly, like, I don't know. I'm sure there's fucked up shit about him, but it seems to me on the surface, at least Bill Gates spending a lot of money to not try to like create fake sexy problems, like fix fake sexy problems, like going to Mars or whatever. Yeah. But like instead to like try to like fix like real diseases that still plague a lot of the world that is, would be easy to ignore. It yeah. seems like noble to me. And like, you need some people who like have access to the resources to decide that they want to get on board and fighting the other people who have resources, you know? Yeah. Okay. I guess I I just it it, it kind of reminds me of like you know around all the time of the like Richard Spencer like Nazi punching right and stuff and like a lot of I think even I was like sharing like image macros of just, just like little memes that I made of like soldiers like storming the beach of Normandy and yeah. stuff and then it's like. I don't know. We, we like romanticize World War Two is like, like we went over there to like liberate, right? You know, right. well, we talk about this. oppressed people, and it's like we didn't, we didn't get involved in World War Two to liberate shit, right? 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 We you did know? it to make money, and you, and we, you Basically. had all kinds of, you had Prescott Bush shell, selling oil to the Nazis yes, yes. and like this and that, and sure, that became a long running like political dynasty, obviously, <laughs> yeah, you know. But there's like a, um, I know it's, it's, it's a, it's an id pleasure to talk about like the, the violent revolution that you're going to have for the force of good, but it's inherently like impossible. Yeah. We talk about that, like the fantasy of like, 
you know, you're executing your political opponents at the end of finally having the revolution happen, these evil people. But yeah. the re- the truth is that you would just go, no, that's what you would, you get to go home. Like yeah. you get to just go, we're just going to fix things for all the, you still get what everyone else gets. You get universal health care and just get to live and enjoy the rest of your life. We're going to fix all the problems you created. Yeah. You know, that it wouldn't be like chopping their heads off and stuff like yeah. that. And some, yeah, I agree. Uh, I guess this is, well, this is on the heels of it. And it's what's something dark about you is the fourth question. And we're moving kind of slow. So something, we can like skirt over it. Something, something dark about you. We can skirt right over that. Something <laughs> dark about me. Um, something dark about me. Well, I don't want to admit to any crimes on. No, you don't have to do that. <laughs> you don't have to be kidding. No, I know. I the only crime that I'm aware of is like pirating software. Yeah, you know, it's hard to feel like that's actually a crime. You know, I guess I'm starting to see it. I see it. I definitely see it, and I buy software now. I mean, I used to like pirate more shit. Yeah, I can't, I I can't not like. I mean, I guess you really you have stuff, to like you give a shit things. about like you really have to give a shit about capitalism to like think of it as like particularly heinous. You know, I I know. I it's more though like I do believe in like supporting things that I that help me. Oh yeah, for sure. And, you know, so like I know under the circumstances of capitalism. It's like I'm gonna do my best to. Oh yeah, I'm gonna pay for Jack Ryan when I. Oh yeah. Ran it later. I'm definitely paying for. Paying for Jack. I'm gonna turn up the red on um, the lights a little bit. I also feel like you admitted a lot of stuff that we've been very dark this whole podcast. So I feel like it's good for us to like. No, I. I mean. I don't mean like. It doesn't have to be like. A cr- you know what I mean? No, it's no, not like bad I, stuff you no, do. No, I get it. No, I'm I, I'm kidding. Um, I just feel like we spend a lot of... In this podcast, we don't because we're pretty open about our darkness. Well, but I, think sometimes I'm just, people, I think I'm just... You know, we skirt over. We only focus on like good things. And I think it's 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 important to go like, well, here's the thing. Well, I think I'm very hypocritical. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, About like all of my personal politics and, and everything. And I, and, I, and I struggle with that. Mm-hmm. Often, yeah. I mean, it, it's funny. Like the more, the more you know about, like, like the less ignorant you are to like things being bad, the more you realize like how hypocritical you are, and so you feel worse about it. Like, <sighs> yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, ignorance really is bliss in that sense. I, you, there's somebody. Um I think it was with Lisa Schwartz on this podcast, actually. She came up with this thing about like basically approaching people in the world with um, curiosity instead of judgment. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody does anything instead of going like, uh, oh, that's fucked up. You go like, well, why do they do that? You know, or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, that's very kind of her. I think so. But I also think it's necessary. Like, because and if it's true curiosity, like how else... Are we going to understand how to not have that happening or whatever? So if it is something like just bad, but it also is important in like in your self-reflection and like you don't really gain anything from like judgment. Yeah. You gain from curiosity and that there's, and there's an inherent like delight in curiosity and like just the way you interact with it. And those, I really do think it's as binary as that. Like those are your, those are two clear opposite options in like dealing with whatever comes your way. Do I like, Oh, I'll judge it. Or do I wonder about it? And 
I think about a lot of our darknesses, it's more valuable to like, be like, huh, that's funny that I'm like that. Not to like let it off the hook, but to be like, why? Oh, that's interesting. You know, ah, so human of me to do these things Mm -hmm. instead of just be like, so fucking human. Fuck, I gotta be fucking better than this thing that like, just part of you. Yeah. You know, just like acknowledging, you're just realizing that your feelings just are what they are. And sometimes they're like bad, you know, they're like, oh, this is a bad feeling to have, but it's also like, it just is there. So like, what are you going to just pretend is not there? You can make efforts to not let it dictate things you do, but I think it's more helpful and, you know, maybe healthy even to like allow, like approach it with like, oh, you're, that's a thing in me that's real. Huh. You know? I don't know. Hypocrisy is definitely like a favorite vice. Yeah. All right. Good one. We're almost there. We're almost there. We're almost there. Uh, <laughs> what's the last gorgeous thing you saw? The last gorgeous thing. The I last saw. gorgeous thing you saw. Gorgeous. Um. <laughs> that is one of our. Well, that's gorgeous. Uh, you when you walked into oh, the door and thank you, oh, you know, wow. said hello and. <laughs> We hugged and we got caught up on our week. That was very nice. That was nice. Thank Aaron, you. Yeah. when she walked in the door. Yeah. I know. We laughed about it immediately. Brought some true. groceries in. Yeah. I was going to say, um, what about the uh, the teaser for the new Odyssey mode uh, in, in the new PVE mode coming out on uh, League of Legends? You know? Oh, I didn't see that. A whole bunch of new I didn't skins. So yeah, friendship or, you know. Yeah. We're going to go ahead and talk about uh, Patch... of League of Legends. Um, Well, thank you. That's good. Thank you. I'll accept that. All right. This is the last one. And this is actually very appropriate to today, which is apparently going to the hashtag National Suicide Prevention Day. Yeah. Uh, I always end with this. I have my Don't Kill Yourself list, which is if you haven't listened before, is like a thing where uh, I started when I was in a really dark place in my life. It's just a list of things that are generally accessible and undeniably wonderful things. That I would go, I'd be like, this is good. This is good. This is good. These are things you don't get to ever experience again if you die, if you kill yourself. So mm. I always start it with coffee, sandwiches, and lavender soap. Oh. And I feel like you, I uh, would like you to uh, add whatever you want to. See, I can, I can only really think of people. Really? Which I don't want to just give a whole bunch of lists of names. No, of, you don't have to do like, that. I think that's enough that to know. just say like people that are. Yeah. Important to you. yeah, people that are important to me and not just people in my personal life, but like artists that I really admire and mm-hmm. like, um, yeah, like I, I like to, I like to wake up and just watch like YouTube videos of like interviews of artists that I really adore and respect and like, that's really important to me and that, that kind of helps me survive, I guess. And then the, of course the people in my personal life and like seeing them like prosper and feel good. And that's really important to me. I mean, um, it's funny. Music isn't like, or like the tools for creating music aren't like that high on the list. Mm. I would be bummed if I couldn't sing. I've been able to sing for like the past week. Yeah. And it's been because you're cold and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's been like annoying, but it's also been fun too. Cause like I did that session with Jason the other day and I just like, I basically just played guitar and like, yeah, like kind of dictated yeah, what was going on. And that was, that was fun. Um, 
been like making a few beats. I do miss it. Hopefully this is the last day of like sounding like this. Um, it's funny because you don't sound that different to me. Like yeah. it might feel like more in your head resonating different. I can feel it. Yeah. 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 I can tell. I mean, I can tell you like, cause you're sniffling and stuff. I can tell you feel a little stuffy, but it's interesting. The instrument. The yeah. Human, the human instrument. Do you, have, do you have a, a specific home um, state? Home state's so fucking good. It's so fucking good. It's like the home state's a taco place near us in case anybody's listening. It's very, it's very good. If you very live good. near LA. It's so funny to say like authentic Tex-Mex. Yeah. But that's is. what it is. is and it's it is? very good. It's what, all wrapped um, in foil. Delicious. Do you have a specific, uh, just uh, any, like one specific um, of those, uh, of an artist interview that you'd recommend watching? Um... I watch a lot of uh, David Lynch, of course, just because he's so like yeah. pleasant and like Midwest, just funny, just so funny. Did you see that video a while ago about him talking about cell phones, about f- movies on your cell yeah, phone? Yeah, he's like, you can't yeah. watch it on your fucking iPhone. Somebody, it's so good. Somebody uh, edited that <sighs> a while ago into like they added like the iPhone, like they had like music under it, like the same oh, as iPhone. And then it yeah. goes iPhone, like at the end of it or whatever. But I just love that. I, I think about that all the time. He's like the idea that you'd watch a movie on your, on your fucking, fucking telephone. IPhone. It's he was, it's so, on your fucking telephone. It's so funny. It's amazing. It's a good so one. like him, uh, lately I've been watching a bunch of Paula Poundstone you remember oh, her? No. She's a comedian. I think I recognize her. The I, 80s, I think I've got that, the picture in my head, but yeah. I've never seen her. She did, she did a voice in like, remember that show Home Movies? No. It's like a... I don't actually. It's really good. Really? Um, was it animation or was it... Yeah, animated. But yeah, mm-hmm. Paula Poundstone's really funny and just like quick. There's like a, there's like a recent interview with her and Colbert mm. and she's just like, he can't keep up with her. Yeah, cool. Which I've re- I've never I've never seen that. Yeah. yeah. Did you watch that clip? Did you watch that one, the Colbert thing I sent you recently, about with where he talked about Silmarillion and stuff? No. Okay, I didn't, I'm gonna make didn't you watch, watch it after this because I it's just delightful. Um, who else? I mean, I was listening to a lot of David Foster Wallace mm-hmm. stuff, like the stuff that isn't his, like creative writing, and. I don't know. He's he's all right. Yeah. He's very problematic. Yeah. But I relate to that in a lot of ways. In what ways? What do you mean? Just in, just in a lot of like his just like icky feelings and, and yeah. thoughts. Uh, I, th- I think that's why I like Kanye so much or I'm like a Kanye apologist or whatever. It's yeah. Because I relate to a lot of his icky feelings that he expresses. I don't even think his feelings are that icky. Really? Yeah, I, I don't just, know. I I think maybe they're just very, maybe, yeah, maybe not. Maybe they're just base. Yeah, they're like they just feel so honest. And I'm like, definitely not as much of a like. He definitely drinks the Kool Aid in a lot of ways. It, it's like it's like the whole thing of like, like how like Jay Z and Beyonce are like royalty, right? And and how like. I don't know. Just this like celebrity royalty culture is like very toxic and stuff. And like, I feel like Kanye like really like believes in that and like feeds into sure. it and like loves I it. I agree with that. And it's all about like, 
I don't know, just like personal excellence and stuff. I don't know. That's why I, I don't. What's the David? It's like I don't. Fu- I don't fuck with a lot of like athletes and stuff either. Where it's just mm. this like like I'm gonna be a champion and I'm gonna be the best. It's like not their fault. Like that's how they like. Yeah. That's how they achieve excellence and I like become the I, best. And I like, like uh, so many fight sports MMA athletes because no, like I don't feel this way about boxers because like like I don't feel this way about Mayweather, who's a piece of shit person uh, and an undefeated boxer but like would get fucking wrecked if he did MMA. Like I think uh, inherent to the sport of MMA is being destroyed. Like mm. nobody who has done MMA, if you're doing any grappling at all, like at some point in your life, you've been completely helpless, like, and truly felt that in like a really intense way. And I think it changed, like there's a lot more nowadays. There is more and more of like that. I don't like to the sport of like that. I think a lot of people like the sport too. Don't like about it, which is like this, like, you know, press conference, like pro wrestling stuff. Like we got to talk shit and like mm. be these characters like Conor McGregor, like pushed that a lot and whatever. Cause he was such a, he made it such an art form, like getting in people's heads and fucking with them or whatever. Yeah. But like, like I saw this clip this morning of like this, this fight just happened between these two guys, um, Tyrone Woodley and, uh, and Darren Till, they fought for like a belt and Darren Till's this guy who's like undefeated and um, got beat for the first time and like lost the match. And there's this footage of them like backstage after the fight. And Tyrone Woodley's like, they go up to each other and they're just smiling. And he's like, hugs him. And he's like, talks to him. And he's like, got to lose sometime, man. He's like, I know how it felt. I was undefeated going into my first title fight and I got beat. And you don't lose. It's like, you lose, you learn. That's like all it is. And you see them like communicating in like a meaningful way after just like literally trying to kill each other, you know? Yeah. And uh, there's something inherently different to me in that sport. Like, you don't get the shit beat out of you in basketball. You don't get the shit beat, you know, arguably in football. But, like, it's so specific and precise and, like, blunt force. Like, the game of, like, fighting and, like, what it is and being one-on-one and having... Like, there's something about it that, like, I don't know. I feel like it's inherently humbling on some level. Like, it's inherently, like, humanizing. And you have to deal with your own fallibility and death so much. Yeah. That I like it. I like, you know, feel that sport a lot more than I feel like certain other sports, you know? Yeah. Anyway, I didn't mean to go off on a Lego thing about that, but. No, no. I I don't know. I don't know anything about fighting. What's uh, what's the Foster Wallace stuff that's like squicky? That's like weird, you think? That are bad feelings? Oh, they're, I, I don't know. Mm. I'm just not that familiar with them, you know? I don't know. I don't want to get into it. Sure. Too much. Because it's just like. I mean, just think about it. He's a white male intellectual yeah. in like the nineties. Oh, like, like that kind of stuff. He's a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it's like it's like humanizes. I don't know. That's what you're talking about near the beginning, though. Is I think like if you don't acknowledge the bad parts of yourself, like you'll never be able to like. I don't know. I feel like the the un the, they become an invisible hand within you that guides you. It, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whether in defiance of them or in accordance with their wishes, unless you like interact with them and dialogue with them, you can't. So when you see an artist who's like, will talk about it, like will somehow express it, like truly, mm-hmm. it like allows you to look at it outside of yourself and like deal with it. Yeah, and that's important. I guess I feel that way about like Juno Diaz's book or whatever. That this is how you lose her book. And some of these like books about like hellish men, basically. Oh, like, yeah. Like lovesick hellish men. Um, 
because you're just like, oh, well, I'm glad somebody else is like processing this in a way that allows me to also like identify it and process it. So yeah. I, so I hopefully don't like continue just acting it out in my life, you know? Yeah. Anyway, I guess that's it. Thank you for being on my good, bad brain. There's some good shit in this one. What a note to end on. No, I don't think I, that, that <laughs> no, was I'm a good kidding. note to end on because I was thinking too about like the last David Foster Wallace reference came up to me. It was like in our texts, uh, in the group text and Kyle did that like description. Kyle like wrote some description of like, Oh, uh, going to something. Was it the Ren fair? It was some, it was something, something like that. Something funny. And we yeah. were just like, this has a very David Foster Wallace quality to it. And it's just like, I don't know. My favorite thing we, that I that that came out of this whole talk was this thing about like the realization of the very real truth that you feel other people's happiness. Yeah. That like somebody somebody can try to cynically take from you all day long and go like, "Well, really it's just making you feel good." But you're like, "No, no, no. There's a fundamental difference between I did I do something nice and it makes me feel good and somebody else is happy." And yeah. and I'm not feeling my happiness, I'm feeling their happiness. Yeah. And our ability to do that with each other is so profound to realize because you re- that like really reinforces an interconnectedness between us. Yeah. It makes doing this podcast mean more and like everything that we try to do to make other people happy or feel good things is like so it so immediately has a, um like an exponential potential to it that like it'll just carry off and keep going. And I think the same way you can feel other people's pain. And like we shut ourselves, it's possible that when we realize as young people, or maybe as a society, this has become a value of like, that when you realize that you can feel other people's pain, mm. it just becomes easier on some level to numb yourself to that pain. Yeah. Which also means that you're going to numb yourself to the happiness, that you also won't be able to feel other people's happiness. And it results in this like isolated, like cruel society. But if you start allowing that you can feel other people's pain and you can feel their happiness and like opening up to that, like you really can't. And maybe that gets back to our first thing in the first place about like this feeling of the world has so much bad shit in it. What are you going to like pretend it's not there? Well, the more you pretend that's not there, the more you're going to also deny the ability to feel the happiness of other people. And only if we like feel that and like continue to cultivate that and create that, like that is the thing that will maybe save us, you know? Of just making that a value. How can we create more joy for others? I hope. Yeah. So we'll end on that one. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for being here, God. Thank yeah, you. thanks for having me. All right. People can find your music everywhere. Just Google Coda. <laughs> Do you want to give a specific thing? No, no, that's good. They'll find you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Bye. All right. Thank you so much for listening to My Good Bad Brain. Be back next week with another. It should just be a brain breather next week. Um, Yeah. And uh, I hope you dug it. I think I got some other interviews scheduled. That'll be fun. So we'll get back into those with regularity. And um, yeah, that's all. Thanks for joining us. Check us out on patreon.com slash my good bad brain. Review us. Five stars, preferably. (laughs) Have a good day. Bye.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com slash covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com slash covered. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.